Welcome to Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. And it's a sad time. It's the end of the major season. The Open Championship, the 150th Open Championship from the old course, the old lady, St. Andrews, is over. And now we have to wait till April for the Masters. But at least we've got some live tournaments coming up. But as always, we will preview what happened last week in what was a fantastic spectacle. Cam Smith storming down the back nine. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Rory's demise. We're going to talk about Rahm. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about Liv. But also, as always, we'll preview this week's tournament. We have got the 3M. And then we are up in Southport, home, birthplace of Tommy Fleetwood. But surprise, surprise. He's not there for the Kazoo Classic or Kazoo Open or whatever it's called. But anyway, as always, by my side to talk about what's been going on and what's coming up is my big brother. Hello. Hello, bro. How are you doing? Not I thought bad, that mate. was going to be the shortest podcast in history. I thought you were telling everybody about what we're going to talk about in just two minutes. Yeah, well, you know, just speed it up. Let's get it. Let's get it out there. Let's get it going. Let's um, let's pick up the pace a little bit, shall we? We had six and a half hour rounds at the Open. We need to pick up the pace. We do. And happy anniversary, by the way, brother. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, a unbelievably a lady has been married to me for nineteen years. I can't believe it myself, but it's. Um, the um so uh, so for 19 years it's copper uh no bronze sorry or copper i don't anyway just give her I, a two pence piece i got her a third place medal so let's um yeah it's it's great it's great being married isn't it she's not here at the moment um <laughs> but <laughs> but let's hey and she doesn't listen to the podcast oh she, that's she has, a bonus that's a bonus bro she 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 has enough of my voice and thinks you're boring, so that's why she doesn't listen to. Anyway, oh, do you know what? I'm absolutely happy with that. Anyway, it's boiling today, <laughs> isn't it? It's an, and I'm doing my podcast in my speedos. Oh my god, budgie smugglers! Unbelievable! Oh, no. What a sight that is. Have you have you done your bikini line? Um, yeah, a little bit of waxing here and there. You know, as you have to, because you are quite hairy. I remember you taking your top off once, and I thought you still had a jumper on. Yeah, you're a hairy man. But nothing on the top of your head, you know. They say grass doesn't grow on a busy street, and let's say Oi, that's enough, definitely true. Enough. Come enough. On. Enough. Right. Let's get into last week, mate. Last week. Now, we thought it was between Norwegian Woods and Glory for Rory, um, but ultimately it turned out Mullet Man had a stormer. Timey kangaroo down. Oh, I oh, bet okay. he will. I bet hey. he will. <laughs> mullet man, he's he's got an impressive mullet, hasn't he? Impressive mullet, a a really like a sixteen year old's mustache. I mean, like yeah, it's but uh, yeah. Listen, his mullet, what? his mullet is as impressive as is your receding hairline. You know, in comparable impressiveness, um, they they are there. I think. Well, uh, you know, I'm happy to be spoken about in the same line as Cam Smith. It was, yeah. <laughs> and listen, it was a phenomenal performance on that back nine on Sunday, was it not? Oh, unbelievable. Could you imagine the foreplay after that with him and his partner? It was like, what's Aussie foreplay? Brace yourself, Sheila. That's that's Aussie foreplay, isn't it, basically? But he's... he's Allegedly. He, alle- well, no, I, I've, I've seen it. I've seen the video. He's... Do you know what, for me, Cam Smith, and obviously what he's done this year and it's he's actually amazed himself uh, in the sense that 
I don't think he can truly believe what has come to his doorstep, you know, but ultimately it's because he just plays his brand of golf and that's attacking golf and sod everything else that comes in between. He just attacks those pins and it paid dividends on Sunday afternoon. Well, it did. And he's got a putter to die for. I mean, his putting stick came back out to play on the back nine on Sunday, deserted him on the Saturday, didn't it? It was um, a massive contrast, really. So, yeah, but a a unbelievable performance. Rory was, I don't know, I I don't know. It's hard to explain what Rory was on Sunday. It was almost like, you know, I can can get rid of Hovland because he ain't going to feature. I know he's tied for the lead, but he isn't going to feature. We did say at the start, didn't we, how someone like Victor Hovland could feature this week. He did. (laughs) And I also said I didn't think Cam Smith could win it, but he did. And, um, yeah, it was just uh, Rory was like, he just no, no putting at all. Nothing went down. He, he was either short or he was off. His line was off. It's just, and, and he heard that Cam Smith train coming on the back nine. And I think he just got a little bit wobbly. But All uh, aboard the Aussie Express. But you know great what? great tournament. But it's, it's that, the pressure. And people have spoken about it. You know, it's a lot easier. And a lot of people in the past, especially when it comes to majors, actually in any tournament really, is people prefer to come from. This is no, this is not an innuendo, but people prefer to come from behind. And it's it's one of those. It's a lot easier to chase than it is to hold off. Is the opinions of a lot of professional golfers out there? And perhaps it got to a point where Rory saw a couple of those go in on you know ten, eleven, and what have you from Cam Smith. And he thought, okay. And all of a sudden, that pressure's on. And it's the Open Championship, for God's sake, at St. Andrews. Uh, Tiger Woods, Nick Faldo, it, the names that have won the, the Claret Jug at St. Andrews are historical names. So the pressure that must bring, uh, you know, it must be so heavy on the shoulders. And I think that's where it comes in, the fact that, you're likely to push a few or pull a few, but you know his his tee to green game was fantastic. He just you know didn't hold the putts that he did the previous couple of days. No, I mean, and it was momentum really for Cam Smith. Um, you know, just everything was going his way. It was just like a, a steam train, and and he he was absolutely brilliant, absolutely superb. I mean, listen, the the putt on seventeen, had he not made that par putt on the road hole. Mm. Then maybe it might have been a playoff. Um, Mate, that that was probably the greatest three-way playoff, greatest greatest putt. two putts I've ever I've ever from seen. where he was. Yeah, I mean, I, when when he played that second shot, and I'm thinking, what's he going to do? Is he going to try and play? Is he going to try and play a flop shot over the bunker and leave himself twenty feet? Or and then when he pulled the putter out, and then he played that like just unbelievable putt. He knew where he wanted to put it to. Was it about 10 feet, 12 feet, something like that? Oh, God, oh. Yeah. And and, the, and probably the straightest putt on the green you probably could have had because it did not move. Not even an inch. I mean, it, it was just, yeah, it was an amazing thought-out par. Um, and, and what an eagle from Cameron Young on 18 as well to, you know, really put that little bit of extra pressure on Cam Smith with that little two and a half foot putt that he needed to win the championship. I was so impressed with Cameron Young. Um, Brilliant performance. It, it takes a lot. You know, he's, he's not an old man. And he hasn't had the experience of many others um, on that Sunday. 
and to do what he did on one, you know, it, it's, a, it's a par. Par all day, birdie, possible chance. And I think it plays, what was it playing on the final day? About 3.8 or 3.9 or whatever it was. And to bogey it. And then he must have thought, what the hell is going on here? What, what has just happened? I've just three-putted the first. And to do what he did after that shows a lot of courage, a lot of self-belief, and a lot of game management. And I think Cameron Young has just proven, you know, especially this season, it's just come from nowhere. And he is a force to be reckoned with. He's got the game. He drives it for show. And he can put for dough. And he has got it around the green game. Um, I think he's got it all, this guy. I, I wouldn't be afraid to back him in any tournaments going forward. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I mean, you look at his record this year. He's had four seconds, you know, either outright seconds or tied seconds. He's had two tied third positions, all in like really big tournaments. You know, the PGA, the Open at St. Andrews, the Genesis, the RBC Heritage, you know, they're all big tournaments. So, yeah, his stock is rising fast and I... Yeah, I hope he's not going to be another live defector, I hope. But um, we'll it's see. An in- yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's, um, I must say, Cam Smith's caddy. Um, it, a lot of credit's got to go to him because to keep him... Do you remember the tournament he, he won and he held off... Um, who did he hold off? Oh, I can't remember now. It's It's got away from me. Um, Asian chappy. Name. What, this season, yeah, this season when he and he put um, he had to up and down. Oh, who oh, did he was beat? It, was it at the players? Was it the play? Yeah, yeah, was it? Well, he won anyway. the players at Sawgrass, didn't he? Yeah, and he put it into the water. Um, when he oh, was yeah, just yeah, trying yeah. to poke yeah. it out, and then he was yeah, up he beat and down. Anaban Lahiri, Anaban Lahiri, yeah, that's the uh, amazing. And it, it's caddy has talked about you know, you have to. A caddy is worth his weight of gold. We've seen that, obviously, with Rory and and Harry, and yeah, it, and the live, the live. So you know, obviously, I'm sure Smith's caddy will want um will want Smith to go to the live because they get well looked after on the live. And it's a rumor, you know, it's a rumor. Um, oh, it's more got- than a rumor, mate. It's a hundred to one on with the bookies that he's on his way. Wow, but that won't be until after the Presidents Cup and the FedEx playoffs. I wouldn't have thought. Possibly, but a hundred to one on in terms of a betting market is pretty much emphatic favoritism. Obviously. Okay. Well, we're going to talk. Statement. We're going to talk about live in a little bit. Um, so let's keep back. Let's keep back on the open. Let's talk about Tiger Woods. Where does Tiger go from the Thursday Friday performance? I, it's a really tough one, isn't it? I mean, you know, questionable. Should he have really come back this year? No. Obviously, he wanted to. He felt he was strong enough to perform. It was clear after the Masters that that was not going to be the case. Um, and it showed at St. Andrews. You know, c- clearly he wanted to play in the 150th. It's a landmark open. It's the home of golf. Um, you know, he emphatically said he was not retiring after the Open. There was many calls and saying, you know, was he going to stand on that bridge and wave goodbye? It's like, well, he may have, whilst he didn't do that, he may not play at St. Andrews again in a competitive major. But 
your question in terms of where does he go from here? Well, mm. he clearly has to have the rest of the calendar year off without a shadow of a doubt. And then he's got to rethink. He's got to get that leg straight. You know, he might not get it straight, but he's got to get it back into some kind of condition to feature at all. But I, I don't think Tiger comes back from this. I, I just don't. Not in a competitive sense anyway. Yeah, I thought it was... It, it, you know, I'm not going to patronise the fella. Jesus Christ, he's one of the greatest golfers that's ever lived. Um, but it was sad watching that on Thursday and Friday. And obviously a lot of the coverage focused on Tiger because it's Tiger. So we were basically watching a guy struggle. And for me, okay, people want to see Tiger Woods at St. Andrews, but I think Sky Sports could have done the coverage could have been a, a handled a lot better. Um, I think they could have skipped away from him a bit more. And there are a lot of guys up and coming talent that were playing at the open. And I know Tiger is a draw and everyone tunes in, but I didn't want to see that. Some of the shots were absolutely awful. His, his yeah. iron game was, was shocking. His swing was shocking. His putting was awful. Um, if anything, you know, Tiger will always get himself out of trouble with his around the green game and his putting and, it just wasn't there. Anyway, it was it was sad to see, and I hope I hope he strengthens up, and I think we will see him again before the end of the season. I think he'll he'll play he'll play somewhere for sure. Um, obviously, it won't be the FedEx playoffs. He won't, <laughs> no, he won't no. be getting into I'm that. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure he will. I don't know if he'll play it. There might be a, I don't know one of these stupid match games. But let's talk about. Um, so don't hang. I don't want to hang on to the the Tiger story because everyone I think bleeds it too much. Um, John Rahm has uh, gone down to, what, fifth in the world rankings now. And he was shocking at the – his putting was awful at St. Andrews. It wasn't great, was it? And and he's, he's someone that is – I mean, you know, he's finished tied 34th last week, you know, with one round sub-70 which isn't a John Rahm performance in, you know, what was benign conditions for St. Andrews, especially when you've seen 20 under winning score. Um, but yeah, his game's been off for a while now, hasn't it? I know he got that win in Mexico or whatever, but in the context of playing on, you know, in the big tournaments and featuring, he's just not been there. Something, something's missing. And, uh, along, alongside something missing is his temperament. Is you know he's getting so angry. He's all he's he's even surpassed Ricky Ricky Hatton. I keep on saying Ricky Hatton. <laughs> Ty, Tyrrell Hatton, sucker punch. <laughs> yeah. um, he's surpassed Tyrrell Hatton in terms of the anger management. It's, I, I don't know if they're using the same person, but if they are, then they probably need to ditch them because it isn't working. But no. yeah, <laughs> jo, John Rom performances um have been shocking but he's still number five in the world and there is you know he's the type of golfer that you're likely to see him come roaring back in the fedex and throw in some you know amazing performances like Cantley did last year you know that and that's my opinion i, I think it's a short-term blip i think he'll get back on the the wind trail you know, in the not too distant future, but he's got to work on some of these things. Uh, but again, a sh for me to cap out the John Rahm story, a tied 34th at a benign St. Andrews is poor. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about benign St. Andrews. What, you know, what does St. Andrews, because a lot of people are talking for it to come back. It's not scheduled to come back until 2030. 
so eight years rather than every five years mm. what do if that's to be encouraged and St Andrews is to be seen in 2027 what have St Andrews got to do to turn this from a as some people called it a pitch and put contest mm-hmm. or as one social media commentator called it a the two putt birdie open now I loved I loved I love the course. Don't get me wrong. I think it's fantastic. I think that the first hole is great. My problem is well, my problem lies. I know it was firm and it was a lot of run coming out of it and it was very different and the, the rough was wispy. It hadn't been a lot of rain, so it wasn't thick and lush. Blah blah blah. But still there are dry too many drivable par fours. Um they're taking the bunkers out of play by using the driver, they're not finding much trouble. They're going over the trouble. So do St. Andrews, right? I'll put this to you, bro. Do St. Andrews have to now create new hazards in the landing areas that these guys have been hitting at all week, all four days in those, you know, gettable par fours? Or do they just hope that the wind comes in and plays a part? The wind is the hazard. Can we rely just on the wind to stop St. Andrews looking? It's beautiful, but looking a bit silly at times. It's the only defence, I think. You know, if you look at the power of some of these golfers, not just the power, the precision, the accuracy, there wasn't that many wayward shots that got caught up in rough. You know, there was a few that got caught up in the gorse, certainly in the final round, I think. Adam Scott was one that found it. I think Cam Cam Young might have found it, but you know, few and far between. But the wind, the wind factor in Scotland is probably this time of year and, and you know the summer we've had so far has been was probably only going to be its only defence in eight years' time with artificial weather and stuff like that. Who knows? Could we create the artificial winds? But no, I, I don't. artificial Listen, weather. I, I, I say that in jest, you know. But you, hopefully, I, I don't think you can change St Andrews, can you? What, what can you do with St Andrews to make the course tougher, other than the, the elements, the weather, and stuff? Not. I don't think you can do anything. Could you make the pin positions tougher? I don't think you could have made them any tougher. They, they were relatively tough for three or four rounds. I think it was only Sunday that they actually um, made it a little bit easier. But, you know, if you look at the the first hole, you know, three of the four pin placements were all probably, what, two yards in from um, the burn, you know, and all on the front edge of the green. And players were playing, you know, with the exception of Tiger Woods, who made a double on the first on the first day. It's like, but most players were playing like, 20, 25, 20, 30 feet behind and obviously hoping they could get a straightish putt. So pin positions for me, I think, were as tough as they probably could have been. Um, so I don't think you can change that. And and it's well, just, okay. it's one of those courses, bro, for me, that, that you just, I don't think you can change much about it other than maybe contouring and making some of the fairways a little bit, you know, a little bit narrower and building out the rough. And they've got eight years to do that and make a bit of defence. Yeah, I I still think they need to bring in a few more pot bunkers. I think they were they were driving, they were carrying Over the, them. The, the bunkers by about fifty yards, forty yards on the drivable holes. 
And okay, an unfavorable bounce might have taken you into the rough. And you're right. If the rough was thick and lush and had a bit more what rain like we usually have, you know, this is un this is unusual for us. You know, 41 degrees it was today here in Cambridgeshire. And and we're not, we're not designed for that. You know what I mean? We're, we're just we're pasty white ex-Vikings. Um, you know, we're not used to hot weather. We can't handle it. And the course couldn't handle it. And the golfers could handle the course so we have to bring in i think you have to bring in more bunkers on those drivable holes um nine uh, maybe ten i don't think you won't ruin the course you won't ruin the the, the aesthetic the beautiful aesthetic ar- architecture of saint andrews the old course the old lady i don't think you'll ruin it by doing that what you'll give it is you, you just enhance it and then if the weather comes up, it becomes an absolute brutal test, like Carnoustie style. You know, I, so yeah. that's what we want. That's what we want. You know, the likes of, you know, I don't want golfers to be punished every single week. You know, if, if that was the case, I'd want every single tournament to be played at Valderrama. I don't, you know, I don't want that to be the case. Um, but every now and then, you know, this week at the 3M at TPC Twin Cities, we're going to get a birdie fest again, you know, up at um, Hillside at, at St. Um, Hillside at Southport, there are going to be a lot of birdies again, like they were in 2019, and it's a hard, hard course. They're going to get a lot of carry. Um, so these courses, yes, a lot is determined by the weather, and that's golf in general, obviously. But I think if St. Andrews has to, has to do something, and I don't think it can even contemplate holding the Open in five years' time, unless certain drastic changes are made that won't damage the aesthetics of it. Uh, Yeah, to to an extent, I would agree with some of what you've said. But if they're next on the rotor in eight years' time, then do you really need to? You know, it's eight years before you get another St. Andrews. But there's talk of bringing that forward to the the, the five years again. You know, obviously we've gone, Mm. um, we've had it in five years in rotation. But I think there are beautiful, you know, obviously Port Roche is a great, a beautiful course. St. George's. There are so many beautiful links courses that deserve their chance to, to hold an open. And we love St. Andrews. But yeah, I'd say, I don't know. It's difficult for me. Well, I don't I, bloody love it. I didn't get tickets to the damn thing. I'll tell you what. Well, well, forget the tickets. Let's talk about our picks. Because I actually think without picking Cam Smith, I actually believe our picks were solid. Um you know, for, from my perspective, I called out Dean Burmester as, as a challenger months and months and months ago based on his final round. stronger than a challenger. You said he was going to win. That's yeah. what you said. <laughs> yeah, and he had he had a 73 on one of the days. And um, if he'd you know shot a 66, then he would have been there or thereabouts and got us into a place, you know, uh, massive odds. We just missed out on a top eight, but people that listen to the show could have got 10 places or 12 places or 15 places on certain play, um, certain sites. Bryson DeChambeau, I thought he had an excellent St. Andrews. I thought he managed his game really, really well. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, I thought he played fantastically well. And I am super, we'll get onto that in a minute, super disappointed that he's not playing at his home course up in Southport this week and supporting the DP World Tour um, and his chance to grow the game in in inverted commas. But he's also one of the names listed that could be going to the Live Tour. We'll talk about that in a minute. 
other players, um, who do you want to talk about? Your picks? Well, I don't know. my picks weren't exactly. Uh, <laughs> they weren't. Um, well, listen. Xander was good. Xander was there or thereabouts. Of course, he was. <laughs> yeah, but I, and I did have an in-play ticket, as you very well know, on Hovland. You know, I got the eighteen to one on him. I think it was before round three. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a great performance for me. I'll be brutally honest. Um, and but... you had an in-play on Smith, didn't you, at twelve to one? I did, yeah. Before the uh, ten minutes before he teed off on Sunday, I got twelve to one, which was quite. Do you know what? Twelve to one's an absolute bargain when you can consider Rory McIlroy was ten to one before the start of the tournament. You know, Cam Smith, he, he had a, a disappointing Saturday as we've talked about, and he was only going to come roaring back. And I thought twelve to one was a decent cover bet, really. So yeah, I, listen, I did make a bit of money um, in terms of getting Cam Smith coverage, and that was good. And we made profit on the week because of your fabulous picks. Um, you know, it, it was it was you know Tommy Fleetwood, as you say, Deshambo. I know it was a slightly diluted return on Deshambo, but even still, a hundred to one on Bryson Deshambo for the the Open at St Andrews is quite spectacular. And you know, only only one shot again off an outright place, and as you've rightly called out, Dean Burmester. You know, Burmester had a I think it was a double bogey on the par three six. Was it day one or day two? You know, again, you take that double bogey out of the equation and you've got a 50 to one return place. And, and you know, and that it was a great performance from him. In fact, he's played well. He had obviously a tied 10th at the Scottish. Um, so he's clearly coming into some form and he likes that type of course, doesn't he? Oh, he loves it, as we discussed in last week's um, last week's pod. And yeah, I think I, I'm just, I'm super impressed. And I know he's Marmite, but um, for those that don't, know what marmite is it's a yeast product you spread on your toes you either love it or you hate it so bryson the shambo to a degree is marmite and i love him um i hate marmite but i like bryson the shambo and his game is coming back he's had that injury it was obviously affecting him a lot of negativity around him he brings a lot of it on himself i get that but i'm i'm, I'm super excited i can't wait for um the boston events next week um, is it Boston? No, no, yeah. it's Bedminster, Bedminster in New Jersey. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, New Jersey and then the Boston ones after that. Yeah, I can't wait to, to, to watch that. I can't. And, oh, do you know one of the other reasons I can't watch to wait to live? Let's get on to you the can't live. I think, watch to wait. I can't, can't watch wait the, to watch. Oh, I can't. <laughs> hey, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm dyslexic. No. Anyway, um, I went to a rave and took an F. Right, the live thing let's talk about it we've talked enough about the open at st andrews and it was great tournament hats off to cam smith love the guy can't help but root for them uh, hopefully he is um as he promised if he won the open he'd shave that mullet off and his mustache ain't so hopefully i know he ain't gonna do that because it's obviously very lucky and and i would like to stroke it one day one um, thing his, uh, uh, listen enough of that i don't want any stroking on this podcast right okay one thing i did get right well, you could have told me that before we started <laughs> <laughs> As I'm here in me in me uh, speedos, yeah, exactly. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Get that vision out your head. Anyway, one thing I was right about last week was that the live golfers would not feature in this major, and I was right, right, because the highest ranked player out of the live players was Dustin Johnson, who finished how many shots? How many shots did he finish behind? Seven, right? So that's not featuring, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Of the top 27 players that finished at St. Andrews, only four of them are live contracted players. 
right? So I was validated in that view. They that couldn't feature. No, I think that's that holds no weight for me. Yeah, it I, does. Of course it does. Come on. No, DJ Bryson, Answer, and Kai Kajana were the top ranked players. Oh, that Kai Kajana, let's talk about him. You know, first of all, he's got a great name. But what a game that lad has got. He he can hit it a country mile, he's straight as an arrow, and his his putter. I, I can't wait to do you know what? It's a Bedminster, great sixty five, yeah. I, I can't wait to watch it again. And let's right, let's start talking about Liv just quickly because I know that we don't want to bore on. everybody with Liv. We talk about it all the time. So you got to first go and get for- your rose petals ready for your anniversary anyway, so hurry up. Yes, we have. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, David Ferretti joining the live as an Defector. analyst. <laughs> well, That's mate, unbelievable. Who's but getting, it's him. Who's getting, who's getting jacked off for that one then? Who's losing their job? Who's getting what? Oh, so, who's, getting, who's getting sacked? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, anyway, David Ferretti could be joining... Charles Barkley as the the main guys at Live. Now, between the two of them, Barkley, when he does all the, the charity and the match stuff and whatever, he's but he loves his he loves his golf. He's got an awful swing, oh, yeah, but he, he loves it. he lo- he loves his golf. David Fairhead is very funny. He's like uh I don't know, he's I guess he's like a, a poundland Peter Alice, I'm not sure, but it's uh, well he's he, he did the he did the front him for the um Hall of Fame inductee Tiger Woods, didn't he, recently? He was he was yeah. the stand up act. Yeah. He's very funny and a lot of people already on social media, um, the other side of the pond, are upset that Fahetti and um Charles Barkley are joining Liv. So that's those two. So Liv gets stronger from a presenting point of view or analytical point of view characters that there are more coming stenson fleetwood smith scott hideki matsuama names to name a few that are linked with joining live post president's cup or post fedex playoffs or even before live is getting super strong people are starting to worry. Yeah, I you can't deny that opinion. Um, it's it's true, and I think many people expected that. I think certainly with all of the shenanigans leading up to the Open in that couple of weeks, with regards to the PGA Tour stance, the DP World Tour sticking with them, um, you know, DP World Tour players. Uh, you know, I mean, Sergio Garcia has reportedly resigned already from the DP World Tour. He's resigned his membership. Um, that's pretty striking. And, you know, th- those names that you mentioned, yeah, they're big players. They're, they are big players without a shadow of doubt. And it disappoints me. It really does. And I, what disappoints me is that, you know, these these tours can't kind of work together and come together and find some common ground to make it well, all work because Liv isn't going away. Whose fault's that? Well, I mean, whose fault is it? It's I, I suppose you're going to put it in the hands of Jay Monaghan at the PGA Tour and Keith Pelly. Yeah, definitely Keith Pelly. Um, for me, I think it was completely... It was like watching Sergio putt. I think Keith Pelly has had his eyes shut. He's basically been fondling Jay Monaghan's balls and he's just signed whatever he's needed to Allegedly. sign. I, no, well, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> Do you know what? It's For me, 
I said it weeks ago. I said it weeks ago. You have to, whether you like live. So this is not a, this is not me being paid by live golf to like go, Oh, live golf's great and stuff like that. But what I am is that I am someone that can open my eyes and see that it's something different, right? Okay. A group of people have decided, you know, Greg Norman, let's not forget this. Greg Norman has been trying to do this for a long, long time. This is very much akin to European Super League, the, the trials and tribulations of Premier League clubs that wanted to join this, this football or soccer, as American listeners might know it, um, joining the European Super League. This is no different. OK, so. Okay, or even the formation of... of the Premier League, bro, when it first came to prominence. Exactly. When it changed. too. When it changed in the first division, more money came into the game and no one really questioned the sponsors and European footballers, more of them came in and then sort of everyone was worrying about grassroots golf and what have you. But ultimately, you know, what a live. And there was a comment from there was a comment from someone on social media and they were talking about um, the investment from uh, public investment funds into Uber and what have you. Oh, you know, anyone can anyone can buy shares of a publicly trading company. Let's not forget that. Piff came in and bought a massive share of Uber before it was being publicly traded, before it went public. So that argument is dead in the water. Now, you can look at all the, you can look at PGA where they get the stuff made in China. We could break down, you know, Piff's involvement in the Bank of America, Citigroup. Yep. So there's lots going on. It's, it's a different tournament. People don't like it. I get it. It's changing golf. Right. It's changing golf as we know it. The PGA Tour is not going to be the same, but I think there's room for it. Right. I'm, I'm not saying it's it's great. I don't I don't agree with the 50 hole, 54 hole format. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they play out as in who drops out and lowest ranked person and below 24. You drop out another four come in. I don't mind that. You know, people seem People are okay with that in a normal situation in sport, be it rugby or football or cricket leagues or or, or whatever it is. It changes. I, I hear you, bro. I, I do hear you. And and this is, you know, at some point, everything's got to come together and sort itself out because the tour is there. It's 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 got to evolve as well. And the one thing I didn't like from last week as well, and this is obviously live and open related, is yeah. the antagonistic element where you've got someone like GMAC whether it was tongue-in-cheek or not, making some sarcastic comments or funny comments about, you know, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if the Open was a 54-hole shotgun start? It's like, well... <sighs> well, that was, a com- that, was a co- that was a comment based on the players at the Open moaning about six-and-a-half-hour rounds. You know, that, so... Yeah, but still, you don't need it from someone who's so forefront with the whole live movement. You know, it just... And, and he sat back, and, and then he, I think he made a follow-up tweet or whatever. To, you know, he was kind of amused that the, a lot of the, the, the dumbass comments or something was a term that was used. It's, that's not what needed. If you want to bring this together and find a bit of harmony, you've got to stop that kind of stuff. Okay. No, I, yeah, I get it. I just, I think there's a place for live. I know we, 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 our thoughts are very different and that's quite a a good dynamic, I think for a podcast. Um, you know, we have the same genes, but we have different beliefs. Mine are just slightly bigger on the waist than yours. I think. I know. Well, you know, I did, I was like that little, 
little scrawny puppy at the feed bowl. <laughs> I couldn't get to it. <laughs> so, ah, yeah, where's the food? <laughs> anyway, right. Let's let's. I think everyone's listening. Look, Liv is here to stay. Liv is getting stronger. Um, oh, and Donald Trump's had his say. Don't forget. Oh, Donald it's... Trump's come out today and told all the golfers to join Liv and take the money now. Well, there you go. And that is from a person that was voted in by the American public. And so, hey, it's it's difficult. We had Boris Johnson, for God's sake. Thank God he's not here anymore. And but you know what? It's it's a difficult situation. I understand where people are coming from. Um, they're worried about the PGA. But I think Keith Pelly, if he had anything in him, if he had cojones, he might have just turned around and looked at the big picture and gone, okay, DP World Tour, DP. It's um, sort of UAE money. Already there's issues with human rights. We've taken that. No problem. That's fine. Um, let's have a look at Liv. Let's think about this and let's not shut the door in our own faces. And I think what the DP World Tour have done. Now, look at the strength. Look at the strength of both of the tournaments this week. They are absolutely shocking. They are shocking. It, Pretty awful. Glori- glorified Challenge Tour events. I'm sorry, I'm not being disrespectful to all the players, but it is. Um, and glorified KFT events over at 3M. You know, With the exception was, of a few players, yeah. Well, it was, it, you know, it, okay, let's go from everything. Let's crack on to this week's tournaments and let's start a TPC Twin Cities, the 3M over on the PGA Tour. Now, for me, it's fallen from grace. It's fallen from grace. 2019, when the top three were Matty Wolf, Bryson, and Colin Murakawa. It's, it's, it's not that tournament anymore. Um, so what do we know about the course? What can you tell us, Big Bro? So, well, you said earlier on it's going to be a birdie fest. It sure likely is to be. It's uh, TPC Twin Cities in Blaine, Minnesota, Minneapolis, which is um, just in the northern sub- suburbs of Minneapolis, it's a par 71, uh, roughly about 7,400 yards long. But as we know in this part of the world, it's going to play shorter. It's 900 feet um, above sea level at altitude, which means the ball goes further. So, yeah, expected birdie fest this week. Big scores, bent grass greens. There's plenty of water on the course, so that could be a bit of defence. Wide fairways, however, so that's the other side of it. And there is a distinct lack of rough. So that's what we know about this course. And obviously, we've had the last three years of it being played here. So, yeah, par 71, as I say, three par fives. Pretty much reachable, obviously, with the the course being at altitude. And 11 par fours. So they're just the high-level features and sometimes this area gets a bit of wind as well, so I don't know if we're going to have any of that, but maybe, Mr. Weatherman, if you've got anything. If not, we'll move on. I can tell you. I can tell you. I'm looking at it now, and the highest the winds are going to get are 13 miles per hour. Sunny for most of the week. Um, highs, highs of 34. Saturday, we might get a little bit of thunderstorms in the evening. might delay Ooh. Might delay play a little bit, and you might see some of the players finishing off their third rounds on Sunday before the final round. But yeah, from what I've looked at the course, and you know, I watched last year and Champ playing very well on it, and, and what have you. It's yeah, I think it's if you put as hot this week, you're going you're to have a lot of chances. Now, as it comes into stat angles, for me, 
this week. I've gone for putting stats, but also how players are playing themselves into a bit of form come end of season. So for me, it's looking at how players are building momentum and hopefully turning that momentum into wins here at the 3M. So that's basically where I've gone. It's not completely scientific. It's not overloaded with stat knowledge and what have you. I've looked at all the stats, but I'm definitely heavy on the putting stats and players coming into form. Interesting. Putting hasn't featured on mine, but I'm looking at par four scoring, um, a bit of driving accuracy here on this course. Uh, although you've got wide fairways, uh, strokes strokes gained around the green, um, and also the birdie makers. So you know you add put into that, and yeah, looking at players that are featuring you know relatively highly on those stat angles, but also. You know, as we've seen in recent weeks, players that are coming into a bit of form are definitely featuring and they're the ones to watch out for. And I'm sure they feature in our picks this week. Well, without a further ado, let's get into it and get the first pick from you. Okay, excellent. Right. Well, I'm going with somebody who's just had a couple of weeks over in Scotland um, got there, you know, based on a, a bit of form has never had a win on the PGA Tour. And he's 28 to one this week and it's Cameron Tringale. Again, I think, you know, someone who's in a little bit of form has had a tied three here in 2020. Um, you know, a little bit of form, obviously, and a tied 16th last year, tied 21. So has a bit of a liking for the course, been playing well recently. Probably would be a bit tired from a couple of heavy weeks in Scotland. But can Tringale get that first win? We will see. 28 to one, first plate. Hypotenuse, opposite, adjacent. Do you know why I say that? Because an anagram of Tringale is triangle. Right, good pick. What what price was he? Excellent. 28 to 1. Like it. 28 like to it. 1. Lovely. Right, my first pick. South African. One. A Palmetto. Um, very early on in his PGA career. You know, fantastic. And I think he will relish this after a superb finishing round of 66 at the old course, St. Andrews, last week. It's Gary Kigo, and he showed ability. He is nearing his return to form. And I think Higo is an absolute monster price. I think he's 100 and something. I don't know. You, he's you 100 tell to me. 1. He's 100 it, to 1. Yeah. See, Garrick Higo, 100 to 1 in a very poor field. You know, I'm looking at, when you're looking at the favourites now, so... Favourites are Finau and Hideki Matsuama, correct? What yep. price is Finau? So Finau's 14 to 1. Okay, 14 to 1. And we're looking at what, five places, six places? Uh, yeah, five places. We get Higo into a um, into a fifth place. We're getting a 20 to, 20 to 1 return. Much better price than the favourite. And I think he's got the ability. I think he'll be able to score here. And a 66 proves that he is attacking those pins and having a great time with a flat stick, which is what will be needed here at TPC Twin City. So, Gary Higo, for first pick. 100 to 1. Yeah, it's uh, five places quarter of the odds. His oh, quarter, best... 25 to 1 place. Yeah, then. thank you. His um, best 
single place. He obviously had a, a tied fourth at the Zurich, I think it was, when in the pairs. But it was at Muirfield Village where he had a tied 18th in the Memorial. So that was his best, most recent finish in terms of um, being a single in the tournament. So, But still, 100 to 1 is an enticing price. Like it. Right, my second play is a guy that I thought a few weeks ago was going to live golf and was going to be playing in the second event, didn't. Um, I think it's had a few weeks off, but it's come back this week, and he's high in the betting market for this event. In fact, I think he's fourth or joint fourth favourite. It's Davis Riley. I've been waiting for this guy to come back out. Um, I, I think he's been... He certainly this season has played some really, really good golf. Uh, and. You know, talked at the Zurich Classic. I know it's a pairs event, but a tied fourth. Uh, the Valspar, he was second. He was fifth at the Mexico Open, which was won by Rahm. He was tied fourth at the Charles Schwab Colonial. So, and other, you know, kind of relatively good finishing positions with a tied 13th at PGA at Southern Hills. So 22 to one, a little bit short, but I have been waiting for him to come back out onto the golf course and I fancy his chances this week. Yeah, quite short, but it's not short if he goes and wins, bro. So, yeah understandable like it right second pick for me straight in there third at the schwab 13th in the rbc canadian 43rd in the john deere classic third overall on the pot and stats this year on the pga tour it is brendan todd what price have we got for toddy 50 to 1 brendan todd big price love it love it i've got a couple of i think they're all they're all good prices apart from my last one but yeah i love it 100 to 1 50 to 1 let's go third pick excellent Third pick for me is a Canadian who has performed well here before. Uh, I think if, if you look at his previous performances, which I'm just going to have a look now, a fourth in 2019 and a tied six last year, 2021, with only one of those eight rounds that was greater than um, greater than par, which was 73 in the third round back in 2021 last year. And it's Adam Hadwin, 25 to 1. I do like the idea of someone who plays a course particularly well. Um, form this year, again, not absolutely outstanding, but he has had five top 10 finishes. So it's good enough for me. Shows that he's still playing form and especially the tied seventh at the US Open and a tied ninth at the players tells me that this guy's got the game with the course form as well. 25 to 1, Hadwin. Beautiful. Like it. Right. Third pick for me. Will he deliver? Probably because it's his job. It's the postman. It's JT Poston. 28th here last year, but we know the form this guy has been in over the last couple of months. I think he's ready to fire at these pins. His flat stick is hot. He's ready to make birdies. JT Poston is my third pick. What price have we got? Well, he's 35 to 1, and I'm on the same line as you. He's my fourth pick this week, bro. I really do like JT Poston's chances. Obviously, his win at the John Deere really boosts um, the form credentials uh, he had a tied second at the travelers and a tied third at the rbc heritage so you know as you rightly say this guy wants his putter gets going and he's he's a confidence player isn't he jt poston but Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. yeah so and yeah. so he should be after what you know the run of form he's on so no, there's exactly. no reason why he can't carry into the into this into this field so all right so he's your fourth my yeah. fourth is 
it's it's a difficult one for me. I just think it's a bit of a. I think there are two open goals today, um, one on each one on each tour, and I think the first open goal is for Hideki Matsuyama. I think he's. I think he just. For me, I think he's playing well. I think he's striking the ball well, and I think this course will suit him. I think he'll give himself a load of chances. I mean, you know, this guy is super consistent. Now, if he gets hot, he could be a, he could be out of sight by Saturday. This guy. So Hideki Matsuyama for me is my fourth and final pick. What price have we got for Hideki? Well, you get sixteen to one on Hideki, and you know we That's got good, a man. tied seventh here in two thousand nineteen. Is this his final or one of his final parting shots to the PGA Tour before he defects to live? Uh, we know that in the betting market that Hideki is a 20 to 1 on shot to join Live Golf. So, yeah, could it be his PGA Tour swan song? Wowzers. So, there we go. The picks for the 3M. Big Bro's gone for Tringale, Anagram of Triangle, Riley Hadwin, and JT Poston. And I've also gone for JT Poston, Garrick Higo. Brendan Todd and Hideki Matsuwama. So that wraps up the 3M. Let's jump straight across the pond and head to a place we know very, very well. We've had many day breaks, holidays up on this coastal resort, Southport, the Northwest Riviera, where we're going to Hillside for the Kazoo Classic. What can you tell us about the course? Okay, so hillside, par 72, yardage just a shade over 7,100. Last hosted the 2019 British Masters, so we have a little bit of form. But it is a true links with Birkdale right next door to it, almost bordering it, in fact. But yeah, a true links style course. Uh, actually, interestingly enough as well, features trees. You don't normally find that on a links course setup, but we do have some trees here at hillside. Um, we have a back nine that is, um, you know, a delight of a back nine it's from a scoring perspective through the sand dunes. Thick rough, of course, as you would expect for a lynx style course with fescue, a lot of pot bunkers and also many brooks and dog legs around this course. The par fives all measure less than 560 on the yardage book. So definitely would hit from a stat angle there. And a lot of the par fours are also there about around about 400 yards there or thereabouts. So that's what I know about Hillside. Anything to add, bro? Yeah, plenty to add. Um, like I said before, super, super disappointed that Tommy Fleetwood, the Southport lad, has not backed him and supported his home tournament. I think it's a shambles. Um, I don't know what. <laughs> Has made that decision. Um, I know he's well, gone on he's holiday. A five, he's a five to one on shot to join Live Golf. That's See, the latest betting market. But I couldn't care less about that. I, it's for me. It's about supporting and remembering where you come from. And I think Tommy should be there. Yes, he'd be a strong favourite. He had a great open, obviously. And I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed for Hillside Golf Club. I'm disappointed for Southport. And I'm disappointed for the DP World Tour. Um, so that's what I'll say about that. About the course, Jack Nicholas called this wild looking links. Greg Norman said that this has the best back nine in the whole of the United Kingdom. Wow. This is how this is how good this golf course is. And don't forget, it we have had a super, super hot period of, uh, of weather 
and and that does not bypass the northwest and those fairways will be very very long the rough won't be as thick it'll be wispy um you won't have to take a massive club you'll get a plenty of run but there is plenty of trouble on this course and all right the scoring has been low when it was last seen here in 2019 for the betfred british masters but you can get yourself into a bit of trouble i can't wait to watch this tournament I think it's a cracking golf course. It's a shame about the field, but that won't stop me from enjoying the view. Right. Um, I do think from a stat angle, I think par five scoring, um, when we saw in 2019 when Marcus Kinholt um, won, he averaged 4.25 on the par fives here. So I think par five scoring will be strong. It'll be a strong stat. Um, mid to high, 70% on GIR um, when they played in 2019. So... I would say they'll be hitting a lot of these greens and the fact they'll be taking irons off the tee rather than drivers. Weather's going to be fine. Um, that's what I've got. What about stat angles from you? Yeah, I'm pretty much just looking. I'm looking at par four performance, par five performance. I'm looking at strokes gained approach. But more importantly, I am looking for those golfers that um, certainly, you know, looking for any, any little bit of a, a clue from when it was played here in 2019 in terms of players that might be playing, you know, decent enough golf this year. And also to uh, say what you said with the 3M Open is, is, you know, players that have stayed on and played this week after having some good performances recently. So that's really what I'm looking for. But there's a couple in there that are, um, well, there's one in particular that's a bit of a hunch. And, and I think... Um, that's where oh, I'm coming from. I love this it, week. mate. I love a hunch. I've got one hunch. I've got two strong and I've got a big outsider. So there we go. Let's get into it. I'll go first on this one. My first pick is 125 to 1, at least. He's 24 years of age. Angel Hidalgo, the Spanish lad, young lad, won the big green egg on the challenge tour in a field, right? And the reason why I point that out, it's in a field that contained Tario, Nemesh, Duplessis, Schmidt. Pearly Long, similar standard of players that are at this event this week. And he won that event. This event, okay, it's a, it is a challenge tour plus event, if you like. He's got decent numbers on the par fives. He averaged four birdies per round so far on the DP World Tour. He's eighth in putts per GIR. He missed the cut to the BMW, but he missed it on the number, played some nice golf. Angel Hidalgo, 125 to one first pick. That's a big price to go in with first one, but I like it. I like a big price, I do. Right, I'm going to match your big price. Right? Go on. I'm not going to raise you, but I'm, I'm going to kind of follow you to some extent. And it's a guy that we used to talk about quite a lot. We used to back him last year. And he was 100 to 1, actually, a couple of days ago when this market opened. And he's now 90 to 1. So I don't know if there's a little bit of a word in terms of how he's striking the ball at the moment, but it's Andy Sullivan. And I do like Andy Sullivan's chances at 90 to 1 this week. I think he's got the game for a course like this. And I wouldn't be surprised Hillside a few times before. But um, yeah, 90 to 1 is, is quite enticing this week. And I, I do like the chances. Well, only a stone throw from the, the love of his life, Liverpool Football Club. Yes. Um, so yeah, let's hope that brings him a bit of luck. And obviously... Um, very close and they work together and they've helped each other. Well, I'd say Sully's helped um, Spencer Davies a lot. Hopefully Spencer goes up and supports him, urges his arm 90 to one. Thank you very much. Right. Good pick. I like it. 
The second pick for me is an, the open goal. I talked before about Hideki being an open goal. I think Bobby Mack is an open goal for this tournament. I think the way I know Bobby Mack, he's let me down a lot when I've picked him. But I think the strength of this tournament and the way he played the old course last week was enough to suggest that if he brings anywhere near that game from last week, I'm talking three quarters of that game from last week, he wins this at a canter. And at 12 to 1, I'm not Laurie Cantor, but a 12 to 1. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. But a 12 to 1, I'm not missing out on it. Yeah, well, it's actually um, 14 to 1 now. He's drifted oh, a couple of points, so that's even oh. better. But um, He's not on yeah. a lilo, is he? Well, no, he's drifting, he's drifting, but not that much. Listen, he's my second player as well, bro. I think nice. I looked at it a bit closer. His tied second here at Hillside in the British Masters in 2019 showed that he's got a liking for the course. Absolutely. He has had a you know he's coming into a bit of form at the moment and i think he's made some changes with um either his coach you know or his you know swing coach or something like that i think he's definitely made some changes recently i think he talked about um that on his post round interview with sky and yeah he has he's got a new coach and i think that could pay dividends this week and he certainly you know whilst he was proud of how he played last week with his tied 34th. Obviously, didn't have the best of first and second rounds. But when someone looks like they're trending, they've made a few changes, they're starting to play a bit of better golf and they've got a bit of course form, then you'd it'd be folly not to side with them and have them in your stable. So we've both got Bobby Mack this week. So it could be a big Bobby Mack Hideki double, maybe. Who knows? Mate, uh, 14 to 1. He's trending like a deep-fried Mars bar. Right, so that, here's your second pick. Give us your third, then. Okay, my third one this week is a Scotsman who has had, you know, a steady performance this year at a tied third at the British Masters. Um, and for me as well, I've seen, you know, a little bit of form. He's got form here with his fifth in 2019. It's Richie Ramsey. Now, it's not a big price for Richie Ramsey. It's 22 to 1, but there is a reason for that. And that reason is he's playing some good golf at the moment. And I think he likes links style courses. Richie Ramsey, third play. Had a bit of a pop at Poulter the other day, didn't he, on um, social media? That oh, was quite yeah, interesting. That, that's, that but... was good. As did the oh, crowd as well. Yeah. Yeah, true enough. Right. Third pick. Um, he's a class act, this lad. He's 22 to 1. He was 30th in the Scottish Open. He was 8th in the Irish Open. Won the British Masters back in May. Has won the Dunhill Lynx. So he knows he likes a Lynx challenge. It is Ollison. For me, um, Theorborn Ollison, 22 to 1, is my third pick. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Again, looking for a bit of value there in terms of the markets. Um, yeah, 22 to 1, like it. He's, he's a form player this year and certainly playing some good golf. Right, my fourth and final play for this week and the hunch bet is Grant Forrest, another oh. Scotsman. Um, big price, 80 to 1, but I do think he plays Lynx-style golf really well. Um, not the greatest of form this year. Best finish tied ninth at the Soudal in Belgium. But as I say, it's more of a hunch this week. And I think if we could get a little bit of wind, then maybe that could play into the Forest's benefit. And it's 80-1 to Grant Forest final play. Okie dokie. Right, final play for me. Massive price here. Huge. Complete 
an utter hunch. He loved it Greg here. Greg Norman. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's living his life. He loved it here in 2019, this player, um, but had to withdraw. Was playing really well. Was finding all the fairways, loads of greens, had to withdraw, injured. Hasn't played much golf, but played okay at the Irish and the European Open. This is a hunch play only, guys. And I hope that he's coming back to somewhere near his best. And if he can get in and amongst them, we'll know he can finish it off because he's won many titles before. It's Alvaro Quiros. Um, it's 200 to 1. But the reason I'm backing him is because he was loving it here, a hillside, a southport, before his injury came in. So, um, fingers crossed, he can turn his game around. And at 200 to 1 in this field, I'm willing to give him a try. Well, I'll tell you what, your picks must do something to the market because they've just pushed him out to 225. Come on, let's have it. The more, the merrier. So, that wraps up. I, I can't wait for it. I can't wait to see Hillsides on the telly. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to the coverage. You have gone for Sully, Andy Sullivan, Robert McIntyre, Richie Ramsey, Grant Forrest. I've gone for Robert McIntyre as well. Angel Hidalgo, Torborn Olison, and Alvaro Quiros for the Kazoo Classic at Hillside Golf. Right, mate, this has been enjoyable. It's very hot in here. I need to get outside and get some fresh air. But we, before we wrap up, I do want to say I'm really looking forward to another tournament that's happened this week. It is the Seniors Open being played at the beautiful Glen Eagles Resort. Um, so you'll be able to watch a lot of great golf. And Padraig Harrington, for me, has got to be a certainty for that. Um, but, hey, have a bet on that if you want. Next week, we are heading back to St. Andrews, Fife, for the Hero Open on the DP World Tour. And on the PGA Tour, we are at the Rocket Mortgage Classic from Detroit. Detroit, Golf baby. Club. Detroit, baby. Bruce Springsteen, is that where he's from? Anyway, right. I've really enjoyed it. Great to chat to you as always. I hope you guys have listened to it. Please do us a favor. We love it. Please help it grow. Um, share it, subscribe it, share our stuff on social media, tell your friends about it. We're just two brothers, love their golf and have a bet. And hope you enjoyed it. And um, join us next week when we will be again, bros and birdies. From me, it's a goodbye. And from me, it's goodbye too. Cheers, guys.